Hello. What's up? It has been a month. I love when that happens. Um, <laughs> this is the story of my life with this podcast. And if anyone's been around since the beginning, you know that Bella just likes to go on these mental trips where she doesn't do a podcast for a month because she's too busy traveling the multiverse or something. <laughs> so anyway, welcome back to 100% BS. My name is Bella Solanot, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you're new, thanks. <laughs> welcome to this wonderful world. Um, if you enjoy this episode or you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like it, fucking smash the like button and share it with a friend um, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You know, hello, we're doing, just help me out. <laughs> okay. Whoa. All right. So, um, number one, couple of, uh, life updates, if you will. Maybe you're wondering what this mental trip is that I'm talking about. Um, this mental trip was basically this mental trip is basically um, that I have been going full on mode of like limiting beliefs, shadow work, addressing my demons, all that fun stuff. Um, I just. You guys know I love personal growth. It's so enjoyable for me. I I don't I'm at this place where I just feel very free. Like I feel so happy and confident in the person I am and like I have this newfound confidence in my voice and my ability to speak about things that I care about and it feels really good. And so it's kind of just a result of like, hey, the pa- this year, the fact that it's June already is kind of insane. But specifically the past month, I just was in hyper reflection mode. And it was really enjoyable because I addressed some of my greatest limiting beliefs and feel like I'm free. The shackles are gone. So that's cool. Um, and exciting. <laughs> so that's a bit of me. Um, Life's good. How are you doing? I hope you're okay. I hope you're thriving and doing well. Um, Today, this episode, I am going to comment on a few current events, some juicy recent happenings of the world, and then talk about um, this idea of speaking your truth, telling the truth, using your voice, kind of what that all means. Because it's the whole speak your truth term, I think, gets thrown around a lot by me and by other people. <clears throat> and um, I think it's important to dive into what that means and why we end up in a place where we're actually not speaking up and wh- where that results. And then lastly, um, I would like to make a case for the importance of triggers, why you need to be triggered sometimes in life. Um, and before that statement itself triggers you, just bear with me for a second and I'll explain. So um, first of all, some recent news. If you didn't hear, uh, good old Dr. Fauci, our favorite man of the White House people who've been quote unquote, handling the pandemic, um, 
his emails were, uh, what's it called when this happened? Leaked. His emails were leaked. Number one, why the fuck do these people not handle their email security better? I mean, obviously someone on the inside, like, exposed it. But so basically, if you haven't heard about this, hop on the interwebs and give a good old Google search, Fauci emails, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, You can find a link probably somewhere that has all of them. I've been reading through them and it's uh, surprising and concerning to say the least. It's, it's a whole thing. You got to read these emails. Okay. So basically I'll summarize for you, but again, do your own research. I'm, I'm not going to be the last word on it for you. You should you know, hear about it from me and then look into it yourself, obviously. Or if that wasn't obvious, please look into these things yourself. So basically the Fauci emails, one of the biggest things it shows uh, is this thing about gain of function research. And the fact that COVID, um, we think now it's very likely that it came from a lab. And the funny thing, not that COVID is funny, but the funny thing is that now like a year ago, we were calling the mainstream media was saying that that whole theory was a conspiracy theory and conspiracy theorists are crazy. Well, it turns out those conspiracy theorists were right. Um, and honestly, I would throw myself in the group of those conspiracy theories who was questioning COVID and was wondering where the fuck it came from and what all this whole freaking thing is. So um, basically in the emails, Fauci was aware of this and it's coming to light that it's possible that COVID came from a lab and that they were working on it as gain of function research. So gain of function research, again, please Google this and like double check it. I don't have a producer to Google it live, but gain of function research is basically where they try to make viruses like super fucking powerful and more transmissible, more spreadable, um, which is as scary as it sounds. Like they literally put the virus on steroids so that it becomes more powerful. Um, again, someone confirmed that and let me know if I'm wrong, but that's what gain of function research is. And the emails show that there's a bunch of shit in there about how masks might not be um, as effective as we thought. And that Fauci just, you know, knew about these things and maybe didn't disclose it. And you can kind of interpret for yourself if that makes him, you know, any more of a villain or if it's fine, it was just like, he didn't have to disclose it all, but Fauci emails are a thing. And for me, in my mind, that gives a plus one to the conspiracy theorists who were called crazy. And, you know, maybe just remember that the mainstream media isn't always, you know, looking into the things or painting the accurate picture. Um, and that brings me to a beautiful, a beautiful um, revelation and exposing story that we had, again, courtesy of Project Veritas, my heroes. Um, they sent in this woman to go on a date. I think it was a date with this CNN technical technical director. And so um, they basically, Project Veritas sends in undercover investigator journalist people to like expose information about, say, CNN or Facebook or another big tech mainstream company of sorts. So the most recent one is that uh, they found this CNN, they have a video of the CNN director basically saying 
explaining to this woman that they show the COVID death like ticker poll thing on the side of CNN screen constantly all day, 24 seven for the purpose of fear and that it keeps people completely engaged into the program. And so he's explaining and it's honestly, it's not for, to me, it's not surprising. And I think honestly, to most people, it's not surprising, but it's more so just again, like confirms the suspicion that CNN is like manipulating shit and they're fear mongering you to make you keep watching, which is not exactly like an ideal way or a virtuous way to be giving you news. So this guy's explaining how showing COVID and the deaths helps their ratings and it helps keep people engaged. And then that they also have this good news segment that they put at the end. And this is like word for word what this guy is saying. He's like, we put it at the end. So it like sweetens it a little bit. So you get like your ice cream at the end of a hard day. And then they hammer you again with all of like the fear and scary stuff. So, you know, just remember that these CNN mainstream media people are not always being truthful or being virtuous, what have you. They are purposefully keeping you glued to the TV because they want your viewership and they will manipulate and show you information to keep you glued. And maybe you'll say like, oh, you know, it's the same thing as like a YouTuber will put a catchy a catchy uh, hook to the video so that you stay watching. And it's like, okay, sure. But the thing is that they're specifically using things like COVID death numbers to keep you afraid and cued in versus like something juicy from a YouTuber who is like, oh my God, so-and-so said this. These guys are like, let's keep showing how many people are dying during the pandemic to keep people engaged. So I encourage you to... um you know what? Why don't I just play the clip for you guys right here? Why not? Let me find it real quick. Um, this is a great person to follow. His name is Sean Model. That's his Instagram handle. It's Sean Stevenson, his full name. But he um, has a really great health podcast that he's been breaking down tons of really, really useful research and information about COVID-related issues whether it's like how vitamin D is extremely helpful for prevention and treatment. He looks into masks uh, research and whether they're effective or not. Really, really great resource. So let me play this clip for you. Let me, I'm going to scroll through it to find it, but this is going to be the CNN technical director commenting on what they do for COVID ratings. Okay, let me play it and then scroll through it. I, I shared a really great expose on the CNN technical director, uh, basically getting getting hot, caught on that hot mic, talking about how yep. they use fear. Okay, so this is the beginning. He's just explaining the whole thing. I'm going to skip ahead to it so you, so you can listen. Okay. And, it, and there's like this ticker going, but I thought it was like stocks. And then like my sense, like I focused in on a little bit and it was a death toll right. ticker. And the numbers just going up and he talks about, and I immediately, as soon as I saw that, I felt, I just felt this sense of like, this is just dirty. This is wrong. This is, this is terrible. We've relegated human lives into this ticker. And so in this clip, he talks about 
how they purposefully put that ticker up there to keep driving that fear and manipulation. So I'm going to play that for everybody right here. Like COVID, gangbusters are rated, right? Which is why we constantly have a death toll on the side, which I have a major problem with that we're tallying how many people die every day. Because I've even looked at it and be like, look at it and be like, let's make it higher. Like, why isn't it high enough, you know, today? Like, it would make our point better if it was higher. And I'm like, what am I rallying for? That's a problem. Yeah. That we're doing that. Why don't you guys at CNN show the recovery rates on the death tolls, at least? Recovery rates. Oh, um, who's had it and then... Recovered. Recovered. Um, because that's not scary. That's, yeah, that, I, I would imagine that's why they don't do it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. I like that. I think um, no, no one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious based on like the amount of stories that we do. Like the fact that we have a segment called the good stuff. Which okay, so you get the point. Hopefully that. Hopefully the audio of that wasn't so painful to listen to. Um, but you get the point. They're manipulating you with fear. So stop watching CNN. I don't know what to tell you. You can draw your own conclusions. Mine is that CNN is not trustworthy. Cool. Okay. So moving on, um, I was really inspired um, in the past week because I saw a really great, another post <laughs> um, from Instagram of from Jordan Peterson. And he was talking about the importance of telling the truth. And the way that he, he always writes and speaks so eloquently, so beautifully, so much more eloquently than I do. But um, I realized that the way that he was talking about telling the truth, it was actually a really similar thing to when I expressed the importance of speaking your truth. Um, And a lot of times I like to frame it as your truth, because I think today... Basically, the way I, the reason I frame it as your truth is because I feel that um, a lot of things in life are kind of based on perception. And like, yes, there's like science hard facts, but a lot of times, like what we perceive as the truth can be something that's up to interpretation or is based on like an upbringing. This is not, I'm not saying like if you think two plus two equals five, then you should say that that's obviously not quote unquote true. So I hope that you understand what I'm saying when I say speak your truth or tell the truth. It's more in line with this idea of speaking your mind and reacting to things from your intuition, not from conditioning. So um, let me find this post from my boy, Jordan Peterson. And I'll read it to you because I really liked what he said. And, um, I want to break it down. So he says, tell the truth or at least don't lie. So the caption is, with regards to telling if you are speaking authentically, listen to yourself talk as if a stranger was talking. Try not to identify too much with what you are saying. Then observe. See if what you are saying makes you feel stronger physically or weaker. 
If it makes you feel weaker, stop saying it. Try to reformulate your speech until you can feel the ground under your feet solidifying. Then practice only saying things that make you strong. Stop trying to use your speech to get what you want. You don't necessarily know what you want. Instead, try to articulate what you believe to be true as carefully as possible. Then accept the outcome. Assume that your truth as lived and spoken will produce the best possible outcome. It's an act of faith, but so is every other way of being. Oh, I love that so much. I love it so much. And here's why. So um, one really important thing that he points out here is try not to identify too much with what you're saying. So this kind of points out that currently, at least in the U.S., the way that politics and social issues are trending is that a lot of times we there's this whole thing called identity politics. And that kind of comes from the idea that people like literally attach it to who they are as a person to believe in a certain cause to be in line with a certain political party or to agree or disagree with a certain issue or a way of solving a certain issue. And the problem with that, when you identify so much with it and it turns into you're identifying with identifying with it on, on an emotional level is it becomes very difficult to critically think about it and to detach from that opinion or belief. So for me personally, a, a way that I've become very, uh, you know, basically confident and in my beliefs and the things I say is actually because I'm not really married to them. Like I have some very staunch beliefs, like, you know, murder is bad, obviously stuff like that. But generally certain things can have a lot of nuance and complexity in them. And I'm very willing to, be swayed. And that's not, I don't view that as a bad thing. I view that as very open to new information. And so this idea of identifying with what you say and actually teetering away from that will help you not be so offended or triggered when you might shift that idea, whether someone else challenges it or you move away from the idea. Um, So I think that's really powerful is not really identifying on a personal level, as much as you can with what you're saying. There are certain cases that, of course, will have emotion tied to them because we have personal experiences or literally emotion tied to it, and that therefore makes it emotional. But the ability to be as objective as possible with as many things as you can, I think, is really helpful in being able to talk about them constructively. Um, And then this whole piece about how the things you say make you feel and that you can go in so many directions with interpreting, but you know, it's kind of speaks to why when you do speak your truth, when you do tell the truth, it raises your vibration because when you speak into the atmosphere, what you feel on your heart or what's on your mind you've it's 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 kind of an indescribable intangible feeling of good and that you are grounded because you're speaking authentically versus the opposite is when we self-censor and we're holding things back and holding it in like bottling it up that kind of emotion when you hold it in it doesn't feel good because 
you literally are like leaving things unsaid and it creates this unsettled feeling within yourself. And so I like this concept of speak speak your truth, tell the truth and see how it makes you feel. See what it does for you physically and mentally if you feel strong or weaker. And that's a really good way to tell how these ideas make you feel because you'll know. Like when I speak out about you know, let's just get very candid. When I speak out about um I don't think vaccines should be mandatory. That's a very hot take. I don't think I've said that publicly, but here we are. When I speak about that um, and the fact that I think that people should have the freedom to choose, I feel good about that. That is in line with my beliefs. And, you know, there's probably an emotional thing there about medical freedom, but I feel good about saying that. And speaking my truth in that arena makes like takes weight off my shoulders. Or let's say I'm speaking about holistic health and the importance of um, taking care of issues from the root cause. When I speak about that, I feel really good because I am speaking powerfully about something that is important to me. It's interesting because it's maybe that feeling good about it makes it an emotional connection, but there's just something to speaking authentically about a topic and you you'll feel it and you can people can read that too when you say something with fervor and with strength it feels good you feel strong in the fact that you are speaking the truth or telling the truth um and so in my own kind of journey of learning to speak my truth tell the truth and be authentic and honest that's something that shifted for me this year. And before, you know, I was, I, th- I think I viewed myself as honest and I would say what I want, but I think the internal piece was missing in that I wasn't paying attention to how those things made me feel when I said them, when I told the truth or when I expressed something. A lot of times I think I was still being informed by an external narrative. So this is kind of the piece that when you practice telling the truth more, speaking your truth more, you start to come face to face with wondering, are the things I'm saying really my own thoughts or are they a result of external conditioning? Because from a very young age, we are inundated with images and messages from external sources telling us, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. Here's what you should say. This is how you should think. You should avoid doing this do this, don't do that. And then you get older and you start to watch the news and the media and you are constantly being told a certain narrative, a certain perspective. And so we get pulled away from our intuition and from our true sense of truth and our ability to think for ourselves. So in my own journey of finding my voice, something that I think shifted was that internal reflection work where I addressed my limiting beliefs in the form of limiting opinions. So a limiting belief is essentially something that you believe to be true, even though it's more like an opinion. So for example, um, I'm too old or it's a saturated market, stuff like that. That's just limiting your potential. So in the form of limiting opinion, it's 
more when it comes to what you think in terms of like social, political uh, norms and cultural issues and your opinions about other groups. So for example, saying something like, you know, all Democrats are soft snowflakes or all Republicans are racist or all Trump supporters are racist. These huge blanket statements that we start to take as fact, but they're actually stopping us from understanding things further. So I bring this up because my own exploring of where are my ideas coming from and putting my own ideas through a high level of scrutiny made me more confident in and apt to speak my truth because I put them, I put my thoughts through enough rigor that when I'm at the point of expressing it, I feel very strongly in in the sense of like confidence, not like I'll die on this hill because I'm still open to be being proved wrong, but it's this comfort with this is what I think in this moment right now because of the information that I've gathered. And I don't mind if you disagree because you disagreeing is not an attack on me because I don't identify with my ideas on a personal, emotional, like core level. So that's that piece of not identifying with it. And you see how it all ties together because you can express how you feel about something. And if someone comes back at you saying, oh, I that's wrong. I disagree with that. I don't like that idea. Because you're not attached to it so deeply on an emotional level, then it's okay. And you can still be very confident and excited about what you're saying, but it doesn't tear you apart to have someone be like, I disagree with that. So those are the pieces of this whole Jordan Peterson excerpt that I really like. And um, it kind of had me thinking about this concept of speaking the truth, speaking your truth, telling the truth and what that really means. And I think in summary, really what it comes down to is you want to get to a place where you are comfortable with the fact that other people might not like what you have to say, but because you feel really good in speaking authentically, telling the truth, it doesn't matter what someone else might say. And because of that, you're actually more apt to put your own opinions and thoughts through scrutiny and through the critical thinking test because you're not so emotionally attached to that idea. You're not like dying on a hill to prove it. You're open to the fact that you might be wrong. Your ego is, you know, put to the side for a bit because you just feel good in speaking the truth in the moment, but you're not identifying with the idea so deeply that it's going to like destroy your day if someone disagrees with it. So this brings me to um, the last piece of this whole thing. Ow, my head hurts. I'm like staring at the light and it's kind of painful. Oops. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so the last piece of this is triggers and the idea that I think triggers are actually a really good thing sometimes. And I want to be clear. I think it's pretty obvious that in this, re- in this example, when I say triggers, I'm really talking about um, kind of in the realm of like disagreement and being able to see information that you dislike and that triggers you. But this is not like the triggering version of if you 
are in like an abusive relationship and someone is like, you know, causing you emotional torment. Like this is different. This is triggers in the sense of generally in your day to day, being able to observe information that causes cognitive dissonance inside of you or that you disagree with and not running away from it. Because I think triggers can be an incredible teacher. It can be a really amazing way to stop and reflect internally and take ownership of your emotion. Because the opposite thing is when we view a trigger as somebody else's fault and that what they are saying is upsetting me, so it must be their fault and I need them to stop saying that thing. When really what it is, is if some information you see, some opinion, some person sharing something, a picture or whatever, triggers you, meaning evokes a negative emotional response or an intense emotional response, something within you is off because most of the time we're projecting onto other people, you know, what the emotion is. It's not always what they're really saying. It's more the fact that we have a problem with it. So it generally has nothing to do with the other person. And this approach, I think, helps you take so much more ownership and power over yourself. And I think if you can let go of this idea that like triggers are a bad thing and you need to avoid them, you're actually going to become so much more empowered. Because if you can see information, whether it's on your social feed or on the news or a friend or whatever, if you can process that information and not let it completely derail you, and you can actually take it as a take it as a learning opportunity to reflect within yourself. Your critical thinking skills are going to go through the roof, which is amazing. You're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to heal possible emotional trauma or issues or any mental health related issues that are causing that huge emotional response to something. And so It's personally why I am such a huge advocate for disagreement in general and normalizing disagreement and that I encourage you to follow people you disagree with and to every time you see that account post something and you're like, oh, I really don't like that. I really disagree with that. Instead of being so quick to hit the unfollow button, it's like, well, why don't you think about why you don't like it and just think a little deeper on it. And it's not like you have to follow disagreeing people you disagree with so that you can be changing your mind all day. That's not it either. It's more just getting really comfortable with the fact that there are going to be things in life that you don't like. And I think when we go to the extreme of unfollowing all the people that trigger you and unfollow all the people that, that make you feel like shit and all those posts that people share, which I think come from a good intention, but that can get into an extreme where you're never facing your unalignment. You're never facing the things within you that need some work. And I will always be an advocate for growth and healing and self-reflection. And yeah, it can be really uncomfortable. It can be icky and weird because you're going to run into something that throws you off that you don't like. But that's part of the process. And I think it's extremely powerful and empowering to be able to handle that information and to scroll through your feed with the confidence that I don't like that, but I'm just going to think about why it bothers me instead of like getting rid of the information. Because in the end, that's just going to postpone 
the reflection that you need to do. And I like to use the word healing because a lot of times we have these internal wounds and these like traumas with a, with lowercase t that are stopping us from moving forward, whether it's a personal thing or moving forward with being able to have difficult conversations, have disagreements in a really calm way. And so if you can start to, in your daily life in small ways, actually expose yourself to information that makes you uncomfortable, you're going to become really strong and very confident in who you are as a person and the things you have to say. So it kind of all ties together because I think being able to handle those triggers will be will, will contribute to you being more confident in what you have to say. And then you will also understand that when you speak the truth, when you speak your truth and share things that are meaningful to you and might be controversial to somebody else, you're going to understand that if they're upset with you, it's because they're probably projecting something from within them. So as soon as you understand the same thing that can happen within you, if you've witnessed yourself be upset by something and you can work through that, you will have the tools to then feel confident to speak up about something you feel strongly about. And if somebody gives you shit, you know to not take it personally because most of the time it's other people projecting and it's that they are attaching strong emotion to your idea. And this is, again, like I'm, you guys are probably aware of this. Like I, I have this issue. I don't know. It's like a double-edged sword, basically. Like I'm constantly running the circles in my mind of trying to see both sides. And I, as I speak, I'm like, oh, someone could argue it the other way. Someone could poke a hole in this. And it's a little exhausting mentally because I'm like, okay, but Sometimes an idea is actually dangerous, right? Like someone could be sharing something that you actually think is bad and it's normal to be triggered because what if someone's like, oh, it's really hard to think of an example. Like what if I say, I don't think we should do mandatory vaccines and someone's like, but that's like really bad. People are like, we can't do that. That's irresponsible, right? I get that because the thing is, again, like I'm not, I think that that's where I, that's where I stand now. I feel good about that, but I'm open to have a conversation about it. But the thing is like, I think it's just, it does more harm than good to react from a place of being triggered and high emotional state. Like there's a time and place to be angry about things for sure. For sure. I think there's a a useful time for high emotion because there are things in life that that need it and we need people to be passionate or angry sometimes about things but in day-to-day life I don't think it's productive I don't think most of the time we should be so upset this is like the whole reason why Twitter is a monstrous place to be because people are just angry tweeting all day and attacking each other and does it seem like a productive place to have a conversation not really so I'm an advocate for disagreement, getting comfortable with your triggers, and just exploring that realm of speaking your truth and understanding that if you yourself can control the way you respond to things, it's just going to be more productive. And that's what I think. And again, it's like, you don't have to agree with that. That's a beautiful thing is I'm going to sit here and be confident in what I'm saying. And I, I'm on, you know, I, I like this idea. It feels good to me to say this, but you don't have to like it. Like if you have a problem with it, 
that's great because a, like I'm causing you to think about something further, which is great. And that's the beauty of the world. Like we don't have to agree and we can make it more intense by being like, no, but this is like a life or death issue. But I just don't, I don't think that that's really productive and like people don't respond well when they're attacked. And right now there's a lot of people attacking each other all day long, online, offline. There's a lot of angry emotion and I don't think it's useful. I think we need to like calm the fuck down sometimes. (laughs) So that's the tea. Deal with it. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Well, I am serious that you should deal with it if you don't like it because it's not my responsibility. I don't know. That's what I think. So, yeah. um, That's it. That's what I have today. And, yeah, I'm just laughing at myself because, like, I debate, like, does it make me more vulnerable to express that I'm like so hyper aware of all the different sides or is it good to tell you guys that? I don't know. Someone let me know if I should stop being like, "Mm, I know you could poke a hole in this or if it's fine, whatever. I don't really give a fuck. I say what I want. That's, that's the only rule is I say what I want. So fuck everything else. Mm, Yep. Okay. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. And, um, if you like this episode, you found it interesting or, insightful definitely share it with a friend um subscribe like the video give me a review on apple Podcasts. check out the instagram if you haven't i'm at bella solonaut and the podcast is at 100.bs.podcast and if this wasn't clear bs is stands for my initials but also stands for bullshit i think it's mainly my initials Okay, cool. I'm rambling. Um, Have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning in. I love you. Bye.